0: episode on Meeting the 92. We're starting to get into the journey now where uh, the season's getting ever, ever closer. Can't wait for it to begin again. And I've come to one of those great old traditional clubs of English football. Everyone knows about Scunthorpe United. It was one of those that a bit like last year in in Scotland, and I hope I'm not going to cause my guest any offence, but it's a bit like when I, I used to think about Stenhouse Muir or Stirling in Scotland, the Scumforts and the Hartley Pools of this world sort of sit in the same sort of boat. And I, you know, it's it's one of those clubs I've never been to, can't wait to get to in the future. But I'm with Mark Howard. Now, those of you who uh, were with me last year, sort of 12 months ago, remember I. Great chat with Mark about his career and, and where he was at the time. It was a really good chat. And Mark spent the last 12 months with Scunthorpe United, uh, keeping goal for them now. Mark, how are you doing, mate? It's great to have you back. Good,
1: thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Guys, Ah, good to see you again. Now, I mean, it's been a crazy year for football globally, uh, in English football uh no not on its own there during the covid era now obviously it's scumfort now in league to uh the bottom of the bottom division in the, the english pyramid what's life been like you know as a professional playing in that division during the covid era
1: yeah obviously it's been tough uh, along with everyone there's been a lot of rules and stipulations that you can and can't do and it's affected every walk of life not just football but it's totally turned football on its head this year with the amount of protocols you have to go through. And uh, there was, we had an outbreak at the club for some time over, I think it was around the Christmas period, and we weren't allowed in the building. It was turn up in your car, get out of your car, walk on the pitch, get straight back in your car after training. So there was a lot of stuff like that that the club was getting a few more injuries because we wasn't allowed to warm up like in a building or do prehab, and they were trying to find facilities for us to use and gyms, but just nowhere was open, and uh, it obviously it impacted a lot on results, injuries, players, everything, mentalities.
0: I mean, what was the morale amongst the players during this period? Were you were you sort of happy to be playing, or were you sort of fearful of these injuries uh, because of the lack of? sort of availability to the resources that you become used
1: to. It's one of them that uh, you have to look after yourself so you have to do as much as you need to try and stay fit and I think that's what the mentality was really is that as long as you could look after your own body that and get on with it that was what you needed to do. Uh, obviously uh, as an experienced player I was the one trying to knock down doors and trying to find out if we could use a facility to mm-hmm. warm up and trying to organise a warm up room and along with like the management and stuff, because obviously there were rules in place that we weren't allowed to shower at the stadium and we were still trying to find out what we could and couldn't do. Uh, just to try and bring the lads a bit more together as well, we weren't allowed in dressing rooms of more than six people in a dressing room. So that was difficult because you, I didn't really feel there's much team morale because I signed quite late. I missed all mm-hmm. the pre-season getting to know people. So that was a big thing that I found as... The the team spirit just was it wasn't there.
0: Not there. Because I had, if you only got six people in a change room, how how would the, t- the manager do in the team talks? Was it were you able to congregate sort of on the pitch or something before the game?
1: So the on a on a general match day, you were allowed to start in eleven and one member of staff in the dressing room. And the the other players, the subs and the other staff had to get dressed in another dressing room. So on a match day, it slightly opened up a bit more. But on a day-to-day basis of sitting with your, your teammates, your colleagues, and trying to get to know them, you couldn't do it.
0: Oh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, it just sounds really really hard. I mean, what was it like? You said there you were sort of having a knock down doors, getting information from people, you know, all of us uh, saw, sort of, you know, the government announcements and we've seen, depending on which side of the fence you sit on, you know, sort of the opinions on those government announcements. How long did the sort of the information take to trickle down? And uh, once you sort of got the door open, was the information readily available or was it a real sort of headache trying to get that?
1: That from- no, obviously you could try and get as much information. I was trying to get some off the, like the FA and the PFA to try and help the club from a player's point of view.
0: Uh,
1: so it was all, everyone was trying to work together to get the best out of the yeah. situation. Uh, but obviously finances also play a big part in that, in terms of the club tried to get a marquee put up next to the pitch, but that wasn't quite possible until the last, I think it was the last six weeks of the season. But by that point we were allowed back in the building. So it was it was a strange time that we all everyone had to deal with uh but yeah the the the, our covid officer he had a tough job trying to keep Mm. 22 lads from coming in really Yeah. Uh, yeah and when we're desperate to improve and get better on the pitch and stay fit it's hard because you've got someone trying to do their job at the other side saying that no this is the rules and this is what you're allowed to do
0: as we say, all credit to everyone for coming through. In general, around the club, what was the atmosphere like over the last season? Was it, you know, you said there about the team, want, you know, it was difficult to sort of bond together, but did you feel that in general that's the, around the club was everybody supportive of the big sort of Scumfork mission and wanting to work together and find solutions to, to, to get the club through this difficult
1: time? Yeah, it definitely felt like that. Uh, obviously, the club, we had a difficult year. I mean, I signed, I think, after eight games and the we bottom of the league. And as I signed, it was just, let's stay up. We need to stay up. So it was a fight all season. I mean, mm-hmm. every game we had to fight to for now for, and every point that we got, it was hard. We never actually got played at one good, like, I can only remember us playing football in one game and we still lost that game. And we, we we played Colchester at home, we battered them all game. Mm-hmm. Their keepers made five or six saves, and it was the best we'd played. We lost 1-0 that night. So it was one of those seasons that you weren't quite getting the rubber the green. And then when you were playing well, you couldn't win. So you just had to, we had to dig in and fight. And I think that's where the club ended up signing a few experienced players like myself, mm-hmm. Junior Brown at left back, and Jem Caracan in midfield. And we had a the the injured players that were there, were the experienced ones. So we miss them massively as well. So it's a hard season because you're trying to force your experience upon some of the younger lads have, maybe haven't been in that situation in their career, uh, but still try and remain friends, which is the hardest <laughs> bit.
0: Uh, well, hopefully hopefully you succeeded at that side of it uh, in particular. I was going to ask you there, something that's absolutely slipped out of my mind. No, I've just remembered it though. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I like Scumforts one of those comes that's been around forever. I think 1899, if my research was was correct. And uh, there we go. That's that's Wikipedia. Not. I
1: don't know. No, that's
0: Wikipedia for you, That's Wikipedia. <laughs> um, but you know. More recently, modern history, the club, the club's had a bit of success. I would say, I remember we we're talking just off air, sort of two decades ago, when they had spent their five, six seasons floating in between League One and the Championship. In your your opinion, you know, are, what what's caused them to get into this, you know, difficult situation where they are now, where in the end, you know, ended up was it twenty second out of the twenty four teams last season.
1: Yeah, uh, obviously it's it's hard to speak about the the seasons before, but just mm. from my time there, it is a club with great potential. That mm. I remember playing against them, especially when I was at Sheffield United, and it was a derby to play against Fulham. And it was you'd go there and you'd get a right. It was a fight. It was a battle. Uh, and it was they always had a good team. Uh, and I just think that in recent years that I don't, they they they've just really struggled. I think. Mm. Uh, probably on and off the pitch. And as things work out, it's hard to turn around sometimes. And I think they've gone from manager to manager, which never helps. Uh, I think they had a good one a few years ago and nearly got promoted out of league one with Graham Alexander. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got promoted that year with Bolton. And I think I remember at the start of the season, I think it was around Christmas time, Scunthorpe were actually top of the league. Sheffield United were second. And I think we were third or fourth with Fleetwood. And I remember that season thinking they're very strong this year and and that it just didn't work out for them. We came along quite stronger. Uh, We had an experienced team at the time and that's what got us over the line. Uh, And I think that they've never really recovered from those sort of disappointments. So I think that they missed out that year. I think the season after they end up getting relegated. And then I think we find themselves pretty close to where they are now is they're trying to, cut back the budget because they used to spend quite a lot but mm. it's hard to juggle that now because you're finding yourself at the total wrong end of the league too
0: and of course finances this year have, have took a hit for pretty much ev- every club across the league uh it's been well documented but uh... I mean, Glamford Park, if that's still its correct official title. I never know with all the different sponsorships going on. It it was the first. I mean, if if we're not, it's sort of the first of the new stadiums to be built, wasn't it? I mean, what's it like, sort of playing there? And for people who haven't been there, can you just kind of describe, you know, what you know, sort of the size of the ground, what it's, you know, the atmosphere is like playing inside there.
1: Yeah, obviously from playing against them as well, it was easier to describe because we had fans there at the time. Yeah. and uh, they, The fans are quite close to the pitch, which creates a really good atmosphere. And that was something that I was really looking forward to at some point this season, but didn't quite plan out like that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it, the pitch is good for the, the, the level that it is. And I think the stadiums now needs a bit of love and care because, as you say, it was one of the first newish stadiums, uh, but it's starting to to become dated obviously and the way things are moving on now with new stadiums and how impressive they are. So yeah, no, it was a, a close knit stadium really in terms of everything felt close to the pitch. The dressing rooms are actually quite small, but it, it creates a bit of more of a siege mentality. And that was, I remember from being an away player. <laughs> so going there this year and there being no fans and you look around the stadium and they're playing background noise in terms of, just to try and create something, some music in the warm-up. And it's quite tough to, to describe how different it is playing in it. And everyone will always say it's like a pre-season game, but even pre-season game, you get fans.
0: It's true, yeah. I think the few people I've spoken to, as, as much as everybody tried to create that atmosphere, it just completely lacked. I mean, it must have been really surreal just having no noise, noise there, being able... I mean, during games, I've always been curious when you've got all the noise of the supporters. How well is it, you know, how easy is it to hear the calls and the talking from, from players on the pitch and the managers screaming instructions? Does it get lost normally when the when the crowd crowd is at full volume?
1: Yes and no. You can't <laughs> hear the individual shouting uh, as much as sometimes you might want to hear them. <laughs> uh, but you can feel the atmosphere. You can feel the whether they're behind you or not, Mm. or whether they're against you. And like that's something that you find that players can either grow into or hide from. And I think this year that the standard of League Two has probably been a bit worse because they haven't had the pressure of Mm. the fans booing them or cheering them if they're doing well. So I think it's been a a bit less competitive. And if mistakes have been happening this year, they've got away with them. Mm. Uh, So I think it's almost... It's created a, a bad mentality for the the actual teams themselves, because only the teams that obviously have gone on to get promoted were the ones that were actually putting more pressure on themselves to do better.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, in the old days, uh, before you you meant you said there was kind of a siege mentality atmosphere. What where. Where was the noise coming from? Did they have some supporters sort of focus behind the goals? Was it noise? Yeah, definitely
1: from- behind, uh, behind both goals. I remember. Uh, I did. A, we had a penalty shoot that that against them uh, when I was at Sheffield United, and I just remember getting absolutely abused. And it was really good though. Like it, it gets yeah. me up, and that's something <laughs> that motivates me even more. So we won that penalty shoot which is obviously helps good me. really that <laughs> Ah, yeah.
0: oh, that's good to know. That's good to know. Now uh, you mentioned obviously the lack of supporters inside the ground. Would the supporters still able to sort of connect with the club during during the season? I've heard about different clubs getting players onto Zoom talks with fans and things like that. Was Was Scunthorpe doing program running programs like that with their supporters?
1: Yeah, we only had a couple of things uh, over Christmas. We made a few phone calls to the season ticket holders and like. I think there was quite a few of us that sat on the phone for a good while making a few phone calls and just trying to get the the feeling of the fans and try try and build on what they can give you. Uh, Like I said, at the time, we were struggling anyway. So anything that a bit of insight and a bit of encouragement from some fans to say, keep going, we want the club to do well, it it does help. Uh, But in terms of actually the the players getting out in the community, it just was impossible at the time. it just didn't. Re- you couldn't really do it because of restrictions in, with the government as well.
0: Uh, it's a shame. It is a shame. Um, but you, know, if you see, with your roles in the past with the PFA, say you say it was at Scumfort because of when you arrived. It was, you know, was a slightly different scenario. But we are the PFA. Uh, sort of actively involved in that scum four per day offering but how, do, how does it work where the communication from the PFA gets gets to the players?
1: Yeah, obviously we we've all been in contact with the PFA in some form or another. The, the PFA website's there for all the players to use and every team has a PFA rep that if you have a problem, uh, you can go to that rep and then they can issue the problem to the PFA or, and they do get back to you. They're very good at that. Uh, and I think obviously this year there's been a big change in the PFA and the way it's now being run with Gordon Taylor leaving and there being a community board now, which mm-hmm. is brilliant. Uh, it will make it more accessible and yes. a lot more open and transparent. Uh, and I think that's something that will be great for the PFA that they'll get more former players involved and from different levels. Uh, but yeah, the, the club in general, it's it's hard for the PFA to do anything last year when there's so much concern with. players contracts and financially clubs in trouble and just the general welfare of the players i think the pfa stepped in it might have been from january onwards and paid for the the covid tests twice a week for all the players in all the leagues so which was amazing because the clubs some clubs were testing players at the start of season some clubs weren't because they didn't want an outbreak and if you don't know about it sometimes it's easier to just not test
0: yeah, that's, yeah, it's quite scary that was yeah. back, back then in particular. They mentioned obviously earlier sort of the difficulties uh, with training and, and match day preparation at Banford Park. Um, when you went away, how did that work? Uh, were you still on sort of the team buses? Were you all encouraged to drive to the grounds? How, what was the setup there? And was it easier? There's been a lot of discussion, obviously, About home and away uh, experiences without fans. Was it easier to to go to opposition grounds without fans
1: there? Definitely. Uh, Obviously, go into the opposition, and it's definitely a lot easier when they haven't got their home fans there to to boo you or (laughs) to to like to help them with their own atmosphere and charge. But yeah, no, it was it was different. Uh, Going to games, it was we were on coaches but if it was close enough to drive your own car you you were allowed and uh, even on the coach it was isolated you were you were two seats away from everybody else it was hard to even on a coach that we for long journeys you weren't sitting next to a a teammate talking finding out what their lives are like and how they got into football and you, you didn't really get to know anyone from those sort of experiences and journeys which was difficult but Even the away trips in terms of staying in a hotel, it was you stay in your bubble, like you had a bubble of four that that you sat near on the coach, but not next to. And then you ate dinner with them. You had to go on your pre-match walk with those four. And it was so limited what you were and weren't allowed to do. Wow. So it was was definitely hotels you were in your own room. Normally you share, especially like League One, League Two level, you Mm -hmm. normally share with a teammate. Mm -hmm. So it was just you were in your own room and but you weren't allowed to socialize there was no meeting rooms or it was have dinner go to your room not allowed out basically
0: uh, it's amazing that, that the league's managed to keep going and all of you guys yeah, a- all, all of you guys did it it really does um just out of curiosity Mark, it's we've seen uh, obviously Barrow and uh, Harrogate were the two sort of newly promoted uh, clubs and first time in the Football League last season, not Barrow, but first time in a long time they've been in yeah. the Football League, and with Sutton coming up this year. Do you notice a difference when you go to these clubs that have come out of the non league uh, compared to the clubs that have been sort of established a, a bit more? You know, we take for example Bolton that have. Come down, uh, Coventry, that have been in the lower leagues for a few years after having those those sorts of clubs. Do you see a sort of difference in the setup? Uh, one of the things I think some of the people have alluded to, it's there's more of a community sort of family welcome when you go to these grounds as a player or an official compared to some of the bigger clubs. Is that something you've experienced this
1: season? Uh, I, not this season, I would say, because there was no fans and Obviously, go into the Harrogate Stadium, Barrow Stadium. They are older stadiums that are not as modern and not as, because they've had a smaller fan base for the last few years. And obviously, that plays a big part in how the stadium is and runs. Uh, so they were difficult games, both of them, to go to because you didn't know what to expect. And generally with teams that have played in the lower levels and come up, you just know that they're going to try and outwork you. And if you can outwork them, you should win the game, which I think we we beat Harrogate, but we lost to Barrow who literally just fought us two for now all game. And we should have got Sank out of that game, but they were disciplined and they just stuck at their task, which was good tactics from them. Yeah,
0: all, cr- all credit, all credit. And uh, the Grimsby... Derby last season, did it? Did it have the same intensity as a as a normal season derby?
1: No, definitely not. I wish it did. Uh, the away game was a weird game. Uh, I think we were just coming back from from our outbreak, and it was we were a bit disjointed. The performance was poor, and they beat us. And then I think uh, when they came to see visit us, we were on a bad run of form, and they were on a good run of form, and it looked like they were going to take us in the league. And I think it really galvanised us as a squad. We had a a team meeting on the Monday before it, almost a crisis meeting as players that we Mm -hmm. all got together. And obviously the manager had massive input and was superb. Uh, And I think he was probably under pressure that week as well. And if we never got a result, God knows what would have happened. But yeah, it was a really big game for us, the the home the the game, the derby. And uh, lucky enough, I think we drew that game and, it really, if they would have won that game, that would have really sent them above us and kicked them on and spurred them on to, to fight more. But I think it kind of kept them at bay almost, uh, which we needed to do. And I think that after the game, I remember sitting there with a couple of the players saying, You don't know how important not losing is. Yeah. And I think a few lads were disappointed that we hadn't beat them. And you're like, It's so important to not let anyone else gain ground on you. And I think that was what really stuck in my mind that day.
0: That's good. Do you, do you? I mean, now that obviously Grimsby have, have gone down into the National League, do you think Scunthorpe as a club will will miss the rivalry, or is there going to be sort of a sense of one-upmanship that yeah, we're okay, they're in the National League, we're still in the Football League.
1: I think that's always the case, especially with fans involved. <laughs> it's always going to be a case of as long as we're in the league, higher than you.
0: <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. It's. I mean, it's been great. Obviously, uh, you, you've you left the club at the end of the year. What what have you, what have you got planned next? Year? You're looking to play again next season.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, I've been speaking to a few clubs at the moment. I've had a couple of offers that just haven't quite worked out from both sides. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to what happens <laughs> this year. I'm also trying to get a lot of stuff off the field arranged uh, and trying to start up my own goalkeeper coaching and trying to sign. Uh, trying to start a degree uh, in sports. Journalism and broadcasting, so that would be I might be leaning on you. For,
0: <laughs> good man, good man. It's it's a wonderful world. It really is. It yeah. really is. I mean, yeah. I, I know we've been talking about Scunthorpe, but I've got to ask you one final question. It's uh, a, a bit away, and I apologise to Scunthorpe fans if you're listening. In, but uh, you know, you obviously, Mark, you you come into the late stages of your career, and and one of the things that I've been talking to some of the other people about is. Do you feel that the information is there, not only to, to young players, but also to youngsters, about these other pathways, You know, like you've mentioned there, sports journalism, coaching? Do you feel that the information is made available to the younger players about these opportunities to keep themselves involved in uh, the game, in the footballing industry, even if they no longer have a career as a professional sportsman?
1: I think the information's there. I just think it's down to the individual how much they want to buy into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really hard because even myself now I'm starting all this sort of other side of football and I'm so dedicated to playing on a Saturday and I it's so hard to say yes I'll commit to doing this because I want all my time and effort to be about winning football matches. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the day it's something that you do think about as you get older but you still don't want to do it yet because you still just want to go out there and win games of football and play every week Uh, but as you get older you start realizing my time is limited now and i've got to make the most of the opportunities that i've got in front of me so i think when you're younger the information's there but you choose not to take it Mm -hmm. because you are so focused on forging a career
0: yeah quite right quite right i think it's as somebody who changed careers in his late thirties as well. I, uh, uh, I can fully testify to that. Like Mark, I've, I've really enjoyed it today. It's been great, great fun. Um, I mean, f- for people who want to find out a bit more about Scunthorpe, first of all, what's, uh, is it best? To, do you know to find their information in the social media world, or yeah, definitely through road? social media.
1: I think their social media team's really good, and it they run the the Instagram and Twitter very well. Uh, I still follow them uh, <laughs> and still like to to keep tabs on. I keep tabs on all my former teams, which mm. are, I think it's something that you should always have a, a good interest in. But yeah, no, the club the club has got a, a great social media backing. Ah,
0: that's good to know. So it'll be. I- the scum, the scum for hashtags and the like on, on yeah. across those. And for people who want to get, uh, follow your career a bit more, see, see where you end up next season as well. Um, I, I can't wait to find that. Uh, where, where, where best, where best for that?
1: Yeah. Instagram. Uh, just follow me on, uh, it's markhoward.1 one. my Instagram handle. Yeah. Just give me a follow on there.
0: And yeah the goal, the the, the, the the goalkeeper coaching is the company set up yet or is it uh... that's
1: just in the process of doing now and I should be starting that in September for anyone in Lancashire looking for goalkeeper coaching uh, so yeah I'm trying to start off with some kids but I'd like to obviously go into being a goalkeeper coach for a professional club one day but I think it's a, a good time for me to start that sort of journey and pass on some knowledge to, some, to the youth
0: Ah, oh, that's brilliant that's brilliant wish you the best of luck with it wish you the yeah. best of luck with it Of course, well, that's it for today, everyone. I'm Adam at Oocrafoot24. You can follow me across all the social medias as well. But till next time, take care and stay safe. Goodbye for now.